Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or, toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello. Welcome. This is Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Dori Shafrir. Hello. I'm Kate Spencer. We are certainly not experts. Don't think it because we're not. We're just two friends who like to talk about serums. That's right. Just thought I'd get a little funky with that intro. You really mixed it up. Thanks, Kate. It's like the remix. It is the remix, and this is a mini episode. You know, I like to just try out new things on the mini apps. Feels a little more low stakes. This is kind of like where will. we experiment. Yeah, this is where we get crazy. Yeah, it's really avant garde. Mm-hmm. 
Sammy is laughing at I us. Love a good, I love a good looking out of the corner of my eye and seeing Sammy laugh at us. My, I feel like we're one doing of our goals job. in life is to make Sammy laugh. I also have that goal. Because I feel like Sammy doesn't laugh at everything. Nope, but, but when it's me, I feel proud. Yep. Or you, I feel proud for you too. Thank you. So oh, still laughing. Yep. We did it. Okay. All right. Sammy so is the star of this podcast. We are going to get right into these emails and voicemails. Yes. Can I kick off this first email? Please. I included the big opening line because I was so excited. Hi, mates. Oh, oh cute. Are you from... Australia. Australia. <laughs> What's that country? Australia. I think British people also say mate. Oh, yeah, they do. But whatever. I loved it. I love being called mate. It Great. made me so happy. Okay. So thank you so much for your podcast. It brings me so much joy every week. You are welcome. I have a parentheses kind of pathetic and parentheses question. How do you become okay with someone not really liking you? Not in a romantic sense, but in a they fundamentally disagree with you as a person kind of way. For context, a good friend of mine's girlfriend doesn't like me. Excuse me. Things have always been weird. Or excuse me. Things have always been a bit awkward between us. We stick to niceties only. But a few months ago, we had a bit of a weird run in. I won't go into details, but she made it really clear that she'd just rather not be around me. All my life, I've strived to be the type of person that people get along with. I avoid conflict like the plague and am polite to a fault. I've done some soul searching, but I just don't know what could be so wrong with me. Not only is she dating a good friend of mine, this person is good mates with my best friends and is regularly around in group settings. It fills me with dread when she's around to the point where I'd just rather not go and hang out if she's there. Even when people talk about her, I feel a deep sense of failure because I'm someone she dislikes. A lot of people have told me to just not care about it, but being the anxious fool that I am, I can't seem to shake it. Have you ever been in this situation, been in a situation like this? Do you have any tips you could help me with that are a little more specific than stop caring? Oh man. So this spoke so deeply to me. This is Kate. Um, that I could have written this. Oh wow. Yeah. This is, this was like reading just my life. And, and who I am. It was, it was so listener, just know that, that I suffer from such a deep fear of people not liking me when it happens. It traumatizes me. I feel, I feel horrible. I'm consumed by it. Um, it, it causes me a lot of anxiety, sadness. I just, this is just, I just get this so hard. Does that mean I have a solution? Um, I don't, I don't know. Dory, do you, did you, do you have concrete advice that's more than just stop caring? Cause whenever the advice is stop doing the thing that you're doing, it's yeah, like, no, well, that's not advice. Well, I can't just stop being who I am. I have, I have a, I have a few thoughts. Okay. And I do too, but I want to start, I want you to start. Um, my first thought is I wish you had gone into details about the weird run-in oh. because I feel like, you know, if we're going to get like forensic about this. I would like to know what happened. Yeah, what happened? Like, what happened? What was the weird run-in? And it seemed like things were not great between you guys before, but at least you were civil to each other. And then something happened that kind of made her... made She made it clear that she'd just rather not be around me, is what you wrote. So that's number one. But since we don't have those details, I'm going to go on what we know and... What I think is she's just jealous of you. Like, she's jealous that you're friends with her boyfriend. Wow, you're making a lot of leaps here. Okay. Interesting. I have been, I've been in this situation. Like, when you're, when 
your good friend, I, I've like, I have been the girlfriend whose boyfriend had like their best friend is a girl. And have you been jealous of that person? I've been threatened by her. Uh-huh. Okay. I haven't. Now this granted, this was like 15 years ago. So I would like to think that I've grown since then. And actually Matt has a lot of close girlfriends that I've become friends with. So I think I have evolved, but I think especially if you are younger and your significant other's like very close friend is, uh, is of the opposite sex or whatever. I don't want to be heteronormative here, but in this situation, we were talking about a heterosexual relationship. Um, I think for people who are insecure, it sounds like she is, that can be very threatening. And so her response, instead of trying to befriend you, is to just not like you. And because she's immature, this is how she's handling it. Now, this is not a solution, but perhaps this will help you, I, I hope, understand what is happening here. That's my analysis anyway. Um, I, 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 didn't, I didn't dig into it in that way. I think probably because I, I felt so deeply connected to the person writing it. Mm -hmm. And not even the situation that it's like her friend's girlfriend. It was more just that the feeling of being afraid of conflict and being polite to a fault. And also this person who wrote in kind of talked down about themselves a couple yeah. times. You called it a pathetic question and then you called yourself an anxious fool. And I would say, stop making, stop presenting this in like a self-deprecating way. Like there's something wrong with you that it's bothering you. Also, whenever I've been in this can. situation, I just did the thing. Oh, I just did the bad advice of saying, stop doing this dot, dot, dot. But I would just say, pay attention to how you're speaking about yourself. I think that's really a really good point. I think the other thing that has sometimes helped me when I'm in this situation where I'm like, this person doesn't like me. And then I've thought about it a little bit more and I've been like, I don't like them. Well, you don't have to like everybody. Yeah. And I'm, and that has kind of given me a little bit more, it gives you a little bit more control over the situation. I think because instead of just being like, she doesn't like me, you're like, actually, I don't like her. I, I think that right now this person has a lot of power about how you're feeling. And it is a horrible feeling to go out and want to yes. just socialize with your friends. And then this person is there and it's making you really anxious. I would say a couple things. I think you have to take the power away from the situation. Mm -hmm. So I recognize that you avoid conflict. I do too, but that it can be a very good practice to start figuring out ways, even though it will be clunky and awkward and horrible to have conflict when it's necessary. So I think you could do two things. You could politely figure out a way to speak to this person about whatever is going on between you and, and say like, Hey, it feels, you know, it feels like we don't quite connect, which is totally fine. I respect if I'm not your person, but I would love like if when I see you that we're cool with each other and is there anything, you know, that you want to say to me, like open it up for a dialogue with this person, approach it from a mature place of trying to resolve it so that you, you don't have to be best friends with this person. You don't have to like them. They don't have to like you, but there should be like a mutual treatment of respect. They should and, treat you respectfully. And you shouldn't feel like you can't hang out with your friends yeah. if she's around. That's a really shitty feeling. Yeah. The other thing I would say is that you never have to stop caring. You can totally care about it, but what you might need to become okay with is just that this is how it is. Yeah. Um, I don't th I think stop caring. That's impossible. Mm -hmm. Look, I've had people flat up tell me they don't like me either. They don't like something I wrote or they think I'm annoying or whatever. What? Oh yeah. All the time. 
I don't believe it. Oh man. Yeah. That's definitely happened to me. And it, it wrecked me. And, but then I just was like, well, I just, this is going to wreck me. That's who I am. Yeah. And this person doesn't have to like me or what I do. And it's okay. It's, oh, it's, it is just going to, that's just is what it is. I'm always going to care, but I can also keep moving forward and live my life and recognize that other people do, most people do like me and I have wonderful relationships. So I think, I think you don't have to stop caring, but not letting it consume you. Find a way to be at peace with the fact that what, for whatever reason, this person has decided that you're not for them. I don't know. I Maybe I'm being as annoying as your friends. But listener, I just want to say that I totally get it. Even though I don't really feel like I have great advice, I just really understand how you feel. And it's really hard. It is really but hard. But you shouldn't, you shouldn't feel it. You said you said a deep sense of failure because you're someone she dislikes. You know, it's not, it's not you. And even if it is you, that's life. Yeah. You can't always and be again, everything for everybody. Again, I, I think, you know, I like, I think all of us want to be liked. Yes. But, and that's, that's a completely normal and human impulse. But I think, again, like one thing that has helped me sort of reframe it has been like, well, I don't like everybody. Yeah. Like, why should I expect everyone to like me? I like, I don't like everyone. No, but you treat people with respect. I, I do. Assume. Yeah, I think that yes. is key. Like this person should still be respectful to you and yes. vice versa. It sounds like you are. Yeah. I'm sorry this happened to you, but good luck. Good luck. Um, Kate, we're going to take a quick break. Let's do it. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events there's weddings there's nights out it's vacations I mean like all the things happening in summer and what I love is that honey love has just the right thing for all those events feel comfortable and confident this summer with honey love's best-selling superpower short the superpower short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that my, thing every day. I do too. Uh, it's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me Let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Okay, do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say, like, I, I I, don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it, like, the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like, get this off of me. <laughs> No, thank once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see how also, it could like, be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. 
get the support you need with the comfort you deserve, and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or, toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So, this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm I hearing mean, those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be 
redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Okay, Dory, I've got some uh, voicemails here Great. for us. Ready? Yep. All right. Hello, lovely ladies. Um, this is a big fan calling you guys with a question. Um, you mentioned a couple episodes ago, Dory, that when you met your husband, you basically went on, you treated it like a full-time job, and you went on dates all the time, every week for a year, presumably. And as somebody who's newly single out of a long-term relationship and facing the very depressing prospect of having to internet date, I was just wondering if you had any advice for how to get through it. How to survive uh, dates with donuts and dum-dums and or people who you like but then ghost you and never call you back and how to keep up the energy and the will to live and also to pursue romance in the face of uh, overwhelmingly depressing dating apps uh, through the internet. So any advice you have would be appreciated. Was there a platform that you like more than another? Are there tricks that you have for getting through dates or exiting dates when they're not going well or keeping the getting a second date if you really like somebody or just general life advice for surviving this. I would be very appreciative. Love you guys and everything that you do. And I hope you're having a wonderful day. Oh, how much time do you have? <laughs> I mean, approximately 20 to 25 minutes. I have a lot of thoughts. Um, I'm also going to preface this by saying that I have only dated men. So your mileage may vary. Interesting. Um, so yeah, so there. So this is this is perhaps only applicable to dating men. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but that is where we are. Okay. Um, so you started by saying, Dory, you treated dating like your full-time job. And that is partially correct. I would say I treated it like a full-time job that had a lot of vacations. <laughs> A dream full-time job. A great job. Did, they have, did it have really long paid maternity leave too and uh, all sorts of other goodies? Yes, it did. Good it benefits. Free lunch. Free lunch at the cafeteria. Yes. Um, so, and what I mean by that is that I would, I pretty much would date in spurts. So oh, interesting. I would go for like, let's say three or four weeks and go on like two dates a week or three dates a week. And then I would be like, I need a fucking break. And I would not date for like a month or six weeks. Oh, that's such an interesting strategy. Was that on purpose? Yeah. And how many of those dates were you going on like second and third dates with some of those people? I don't completely remember. I I went on... I don't remember. I went on a lot of second dates, I think. And then is the third date like kind of the thing that's where you really weed them out? Yeah, or you have sex with them. Oh, 
So you have a second date, then you have, then you would have sex or you have a third date. I feel like sex usually came on the third date. Okay. Usually. It's been a long time since I've dated. Dating is weird. And also I'd been a serial monogamist for like 12 years. And then I suddenly started dating and I was like, what? Like what's going on here? You know? Um, So how do you get out of a date? Or like, how do you ensure that the first one isn't five hours unless you want it to be like coffee? First of all, yeah, you, you never, your first date is never dinner. Okay. Your first date is either coffee or a drink. When I lived in New York, it was almost always a drink just because I think that was more like the culture. Um, when I moved to LA, I had a few for, I had a, I had a few coffee dates. Um, so yeah, never a meal on the first date because the thing about drinks or coffee is that once you finish one and you feel like you want to cut it off and the person says, should we have another, should we, should we get another round? You can be like, I have to get up early. I have a dinner. I have like, you always have to, you always need an excuse. Have a good list you need of a excuses. Good, you need a good out. Um, if it's coffee and it's in the afternoon, you're meeting a friend, you have a birthday party, you, you know, you have something plan your excuse ahead of plan time. your excuse ahead of time. Now, the other thing I would say is even if the date is going really well, if it's a drinks date or even a coffee date, never more than two drinks. That's a good plan. You don't want the like 10 hour date. It's just like, unless you're like falling in love. No. Okay. Even then, like, I think even Matt and I, we cut it off after two drinks. I just think like you don't want to go too long on the first date. Um, so that's my first piece of advice. Great. <laughs> um, okay. What were some of the other questions? How do you get a second date? But also how do you stay po- like, how do you stay depressed? positive? Oh yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so, so this kind of actually goes back to my advice for the first caller, um, which is, really just about like reframing how you're thinking about it. Like you referred to donuts and dum-dums or something, I think is what, what the caller referred to potential dates as. And I think you cannot think that way. You have to go into every date, not thinking this could be my life partner, but thinking this is a potentially interesting person who I could have a conversation with for maybe an hour and I'm open to it. You have to be open that's the thing that I learned. That was like the the chief thing that I feel like I learned through dating so many people is and not simultaneously go. I should say going on so many dates is that and also because I think because I'm a, like I have a background as a journalist and I'm a sort of naturally inquisitive person that I was interested in mm. all these people and their stories and like wanted to hear their stories and wanted to ask them questions. And so I did look at most dates as like, oh, I've never gone in a date with a guy who drives a truck. Cool. I'll learn about that. You know what I mean? Like that was, that was kind of how I approached everything. Um, and I think you just, you kind of have to, if not that attitude, you at least have to not look at it as a chore or look at it as like you, like a, you're, you can't go into it with a negative attitude because also they will pick up on that. Yeah. Like if you're going into the date thinking like, oh, this guy is like such a douche, but I'm just, I, I need to go on this date. 
he's going to sense that. Like, they're people, too. How do you stay positive when, like, if you're getting ghosted by people or if you meet somebody and they, you like them and they blow you off or they aren't don't reciprocate? Or how do you kind of, like, keep your head up? It's hard. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, but that, I think, is where trying to just go on as many dates as possible helps. If you go on, like, one date a year and that guy ghosts you, that's going to kill you. Yeah. If you go on 25 dates a year and one guy ghosts you, you're like, whatevs. Mm -hmm. And that was another thing. Like, I feel like going into it, I took like rejection so personally. And then after I'd gone out with a bunch of people, it was also like I had reframed it too, where I was like, well, I don't like them. Like, okay, some of these people I'm not going to like either. Like, it wasn't just about worrying about whether they were going to ghost me. It was more like, I might not like them either. And that's okay. Like, it's all okay. It's all I felt I did feel like all of it was learning. All of it, I like took something away. Um, And yeah, so I would say like, be open. You know, I, I think that's the thing that I think online dating is can, excuse me, can kind of be a trap. Mm. Because especially a site like OkCupid, that asks you five gajillion questions and you can be like, Oh my God, this guy responded in a weird way to this one question. Oh yeah. So I'm not going to go out with him before you even meet them before you even meet them in person. And like, I think, yes, it is good to have some standards and some rules. Like maybe, you know, if you like, maybe you don't ever go out with a Trump supporter, fine. But like, you know, I think if I hadn't, I think you, you have to be a little bit more open than you, than maybe you instinctively are. And also I think you have to think that most people are coming from a good place. Also attraction to me happens. So in the um, present, yes, like that it, I, I never dated online, yeah, but I do feel like it's very easy to write people off based on what they're presenting in an online profile, totally. but maybe there you find them more attractive in person or personality yep. is easier to connect yes. with in person. That's why I think it's important to go on at least two dates with someone. Cause okay. I think even on the first date, unless it's just like, Oh, definitely not. Sure. I think if you ever feel like there's a possibility and you know, you both feel that way, you should go on the second date. The other thing that I always did, and this was a tip that a friend told me, um, try to talk, to them on the phone before you go on the date. Whoa, that's so scary. But it's good. Because then you can kind of just see if there's a rapport. You can see if there's a rapport. You can also make sure that they're real. Oh, God, yeah. I um, thought about that. And, you know, there were a couple times where, like, I talked to someone on the phone. and was like, ooh, this is, like, I'm not going to be into this person, but I had, like, already agreed to the date. Um, but I think it can be a way of sometimes weeding out like blatantly obvious people that you are not going to get along with. Yeah. Um, and it's also, I think, a safety issue. Definitely safety is important. Yeah. Um, so tell a friend where you're going. Yeah, tell a friend where you're going. Public. Always meet in a public place. Like do not go over anyone's house for the first date. Um, a couple times I will, like I will admit a couple times I let people pick me up on the first date and like I shouldn't have done that. I'm fine. But like it's probably not the best idea. Um, yeah. Were there, what else? What dating apps did you use? You used So Tinder, I used right? Tinder and OkCupid. Um, when I was 
before I met Matt, like Hinge had kind of just started. I don't know what Hinge is. Hinge, I don't know if they changed it, but at the time it was like, it would show you people who you were like one or two degrees of separation away from on Facebook. Oh, interesting. Um, They might have changed it. And now people really like Bumble. Right. Um, But that came out after Matt and I had met. And you met Matt on Tinder. I met Matt on Tinder. I actually really like Tinder better than OkCupid in part because of what I just said about OkCupid giving you too much information. I also feel like OkCupid encourages people to like turn you into a pen pal. Like they would write, sometimes people would write you these like really long emails and expect these like long emails in return. And before you know it, you're spending like half an hour composing some email to some (laughs) dude you've never met. And it's like, why am I wasting my time? Like I also had a rule. One of my actual rules was that if we had three exchanges, whether it was like text, email, message, or whatever, um, there had to be a, a real life meeting suggested. And, you know, I know this is probably not the most feminist thing I will ever say, but I, a hundred percent of the time I made them make the first move. And did it work? And if they didn't, you were just like, bye. Yeah. And I did that in part because I felt like in my past I had dated guys who were very passive Mm -hmm. and also dated people who I felt like weren't that into me. But I was so like, let's hang out, let's hang out, let's hang out. Yeah. They were like, okay. And then I'd be like, oh my God, they're hanging out with me. When they actually weren't that enthusiastic about mm-hmm. it. So it was less like a rules thing and more like, no, show me that you're interested in me. I know what you mean. Like, by I want to be a little bit pursued. When, when I first decided to start dating, again, this was 18,000 years ago. Yes. Um, and I had dated like a bunch of duds. I mean, like the truest duds. And I was like, I want a guy who wants to, who like wants to go out with me and take me on a exactly. date. Exactly. And my husband, like when he asked me out, like was so sweet. was like, I would really like to take you on a real date. And we like went to see a play and nobody had ever done that for me before. Yeah. And it was, and it was just, it, but the you fact knew that he, him already. I did know yeah. him already. We had known each other for a while, but just the fact that someone, because I wouldn't recommend a play as a first date no. for, you know, a Tinder date. No, but he had just the fact that somebody had put effort yes. in wanting to spend time with me. It's very attractive. Was very, yes. Cause I had, that had never happened again. I right. was 23. So, yeah. you know, times have changed, but it, it just, it really was impactful compared to all the other winners I had dated. Totally. Now I know on Bumble, you know, the, the women in a man, woman pairing, the woman has to make the first move. Excuse me. That's the, they have to message first. Yes. But I do think in that setting that, I mean, that's different, I think, than what yeah. we're speaking no, about. No, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so those were just some of the the things that I did. Good tips. And the other, sorry, I know I've nope, gone on Dory's way too dating, long. Dory's dating corner. But I will say one more thing, on which is that I had I had gone on so many dates with people, and this is what I mean when I say everything was kind of a learning experience, that by the time I met Matt, I felt like I could really identify when I found someone that was great. Yeah. So. That's a good, you have to. It it is kind of like a job in that you like you mm-hmm. have to know what does and doesn't work for you so that yes. and also that character. had changed because some of the people I dated in the past were not suitable partners yeah. they were emotionally unavailable and I finally learned that that was not actually attractive. The end. You could start your own podcast about dating. <laughs> oh, do, maybe a spinoff episode just about dating. <laughs> sure. You know we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older. 
and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay. I visible know. on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like creppiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Do you think we have time for one I more? I think we have time for one quick one. All yes. right. Voicemail it up real quick here. Hi, Kate and Dory. My name is Brianne. I just moved to Savannah, Georgia from the wonderful state of Massachusetts. Um, I lived in Boston for the last nine years and just moved down for a change of pace. Um, and I'm starting to get homesick. At first, I was very homesick, but um, it comes in little waves now. I was just wondering if there's anything that you two did or still do if you got homesick. Um, could be Massachusetts specifically, or it could just be um, things to help you transition. Um, I don't know if we've talked about this yet, but I'd love your thoughts. Thanks so much. I love the podcast. Bye. I mean, you have to just mm. find the closest Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> and move in there. Kate, what are your homesickness tips? I... I get homesick a lot and I love living in California, but I still at least once a year cry about New York city. I miss New York so deeply on like a real raw level. Mm -hmm. I feel like New York is where I am supposed to be. And so it feels weird still that I'm not there, even though this is also where I'm supposed to be. I'm not quite sure how to explain it, but it, it, it is very, I miss it. And then when I come home to New England, Massachusetts, I also deeply, deeply miss it. Mm -hmm. I don't have the same feeling like that's like the spot for me, but I have a deep longing for, for it. Mm -hmm. And and every time I come back, I'm like, Oh my God, I miss, 
I miss this so much. So I, I would say that you just moved to a new place. Give yourself at least a year. Yeah. It takes a long time to get adjusted to any new place, especially culturally like Boston or Massachusetts and then the South are very different. Yep. Like coming to California from New York, it was culture shock. People yep. were, were different. The way people like just their... Man, people's manners, the way people communicate is different. The pace is different in these places. Everything, you know, it's America is a very big country mm-hmm. and different areas are very different. So give yourself a year to just get used to life in Savannah. And I would say also like act like a tourist, get to know the city and do all the like dorky tourist things. Maybe you're already doing it, but really get to know it. Take yourself out on dates by yourself. Oh, I love this Go advice. Go explore like the top restaurants in the city or find like where the locals eat or weird hole in the walls or I would just really make an effort to like every weekend plan one thing for yourself of, of exploring and getting to know the space because I think one thing that makes homesickness worse is when you don't start to get to know your new place. Yeah. Because you don't have habits, routines, you don't have like your bagel shop, your coffee place. And when you have those things, any place begins to feel like home, you know? So you have to find your spots, but in order to do that, you have to go to a bunch of spots. Yeah. And I would really find like, I would see what like the, the kind of local mom and pop is the wrong word, but like, what are the little haunts that are really special and specific to Savannah. Like, don't go to Dunkin' Donuts. Maybe they do have a really lovely locally vibed Dunkin's, but like, you know what I mean? Maybe skip some of the chain type places, like skip a Starbucks and find like the a local coffee shop that you really start to like. Um, and, and just start to get to know your city. And you know what? You might always be homesick for your old place. Like I said, I've been in LA for seven years. I still cry once a year for New York, but I also love living here and finding the things about like your new place that really work for you. You said you needed a change of pace, but the weather is better down there. Mm -hmm. Your winter is going to be great. Mm -hmm. I think you're near the water in Savannah. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so finding the things that you, maybe you have more space, maybe your rent, your cost of living is better. I mean, you know, finding the things that are real positive and, also, what are you homesick for? Like, if you're homesick for the Red Sox, either, you know, start getting into your local minor league baseball team or, or the Braves, or you can invest in the MLB app on your Apple TV like I do, and you can watch the Red Sox. I'm, I'm just like, if there are certain things yeah. that you need that remind you of home, figure out ways to maybe bring them into your life. How about you, Dory? I love all of your advice. Mm -hmm. I'm a genius. And the only thing I'm going to add is if one of the things that you're missing are your friends, um, make dates to FaceTime them. Good call. Or your family. Or your family. Yeah, whoever it is. Yeah. Just build that in and try to stick to it. Um, It's hard. Like, I wish I talked to my friends on the phone more. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty good about talking to my family, but I wish I talked to my friends more. Um, but if you can build that in, I think that will actually help. And actually like talking or FaceTiming, not texting. Yes. Yeah. Talking, talking, not, not just texting. Oh, and the other thing, just to add to what you were saying about kind of exploring, and I've mentioned this before, but the first year that I lived in LA was my year of yes. And I said yes to everything. And I think that is a good way to just sort of like, you know, embrace a new city. Um, and it, you also, you know, you don't want too much downtime. I think in your first year. Yeah. Cause that's when you're like, that's when you start spiraling. Alone. Yeah. So 
that would be my advice. I would say also like any activity you could do where you might meet people. Like mm -hmm. if you, there's some sort of like community group or a sports league or a volunteering opportunity where you just get to like, not even you have to meet your new community of best friends, but like just talking to other people is very key besides totally. coworkers. Um, what else could you could take a class an art class? Yeah. I mean, there's so many opportunities. There's Get so to know much. what your local offerings are. Yeah. And enjoy your city. It's I've never yeah. been to Savannah, but it sounds I'm dying beautiful. To go. Me too. Should we take a trip? Yeah, let's do it. That would be a fun retreat. Okay, great. Great. Well, a I'm listener, in. we'll see you there. Okay. Um, we'll talk to you guys next week. And just a reminder, you can always leave us a voicemail at 781-591-0390. And our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. And we will talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye.